Welcome back, my woke folk. I am Pharaoh, and this is my podcast. Stay woke. We back. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to send an exceptional shout out to all my woke family. Thank you guys for rocking out with me since the very beginning. I started this podcast during the pandemic with the hopes of thwarting any misinformation shared about the actual viruses and vaccines. So I want to thank you guys up front. Some of you have asked, why do I use the eye of Horus? as the symbol for my podcast. And I wanted to share a little bit of background about that. So the Eye of Horus in ancient Egypt was used to symbolize well-being, prosperity, and royal protection. These are concepts and principles that Stay Woke stands 10 toes down on always from the very beginning. The eye also symbolizes is six symbols actually are six parts to it. And when put together and overlapped over the brain, they actually correspond to six senses. On the right side of the eye corresponds to speech. And in the center of the eye, it corresponds to sight. On the top of the eye corresponds to thought. On the left side of the eye corresponds to hearing. And in the front of the eye corresponds to taste. And finally, the bottom of the eye corresponds to touch. So please, Make sure each of you subscribe, follow, comment, and like our podcast. Greatly appreciate it. I have an amazing show for you today. It's titled Interview with a Virus. It's a follow-up on our previous viruses and vaccine podcast. So go back and check that out if you can. But this show is going to be off the chain. I have two sets of panelists. One set of our panelists you're very familiar with. And the other I'm honored to introduce specifically. Lego. First, we have the coronavirus variant family. Let's give it up for the coronavirus variant family. Hey, 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 we're all friends here. You chose violence this morning. But anyway, we start <laughs> off with the, with the alpha variant. The alpha variant was the very first OG COVID-19 variant that broke out. Uh, second cousin of his is the Delta variant. The Delta variant was also very infectious, and we all remember that. And finally, we have the Omicron variant, which is circulating in our population currently right now. So this is the coronavirus variant family. Let's give it up one more time. Hey, give it up for the... Okay, 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 okay. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. Anyway, our second panel, I am completely honored to introduce these gentlemen, Black Excellence in the House. I want to start off with this first gentleman who I'm extremely proud of because he's actually taking care of our future generation. Let's give a round of applause for Principal Reginald Brookins from Prince... Hey, hey, let me get the man's whole thing out first. Executive producers, always listen. Principal of King Drew Magnet High School Medicine and Science. Now let's give it up for Reginald Brookins. Thank you. Sorry, brother. Principal Reginald Brookins. Let's give it up for you. Thank you, sir. Say, say your name. Thank you. I appreciate you being here, you brother. Just said my We're name. all good. You're welcome. All right. That's yeah. it, right? You did. Did you just Google right you too? Did. A little right. bit. <laughs> King Drew Magnet High School of Medicine and Science. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that correction. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Again, black excellence in the house. Uh, these next um, brother, I really want to um, read off his. You know, I'm going to talk my shit a little bit because these men have earned their rights. Uh, so the next brother is a board certified infectious disease and internal medicine, the chair of the Quality of Improvement Committee. He's a chair of Infection Prevention Committee. He's a medical director at the Douglas Advanced Wound Center. Let's give it up for Dr. Chris Watts. Thank you, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
<clears throat> this next brother, you know, I consider my little brother, you know, even though, you know, he, you know, is 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 king in his space. Uh awesome. And I want to read this this gentleman's also credentials also. They work very hard for these. He's a fellow of the American College of Emergency Physicians. He's also medical director of emergency services and chief of staff at the Wellstar Douglas Hospital in the outer Atlanta area. Let's give it up for Dr. Tayadi Imchizaji. Thank you. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining my podcast today. We are rebranded, renewed, and refreshed. I've got a brand new studio. I've got a new look. So we good. But I really wanted to get back to uh, a subject or a topic that I think today really um, are, are we've been two years in. Um, the, the pandemic has raged. We have vaccines out. Uh, but I still think there's some issues that people are being able to, not being able to deal with a being in the pandemic for just so long. So I really want to be able to address some of those issues. But let's get into it, though, because this is about interview with a virus, right? And we in the middle of a pandemic, and we've been here for a while. And we outside right now, but we was inside for a minute. Um, let's take us back to when the pandemic first broke, and we had the alpha variant. And, and I'm going to ask each of you gentlemen a question um, and, and just share honestly from your heart what you feel. We'll start with you, Principal Brookins. How did you and your students handle the first outbreak of COVID-19? Well, the first outbreak of COVID-19 was was devastating to the educational system, right? Because we closed doors. Kids couldn't come to school. Right? Kids didn't come to school for over a year wow. based on what was going on with that variant. And so education turned to Zoom, right? When you turn to Zoom, when you take away the school environment of nurturing individuals and then you put people in just into their homes Mm -hmm. where that may not be the case, there were uneven consequences from that, right? Because I have two boys at home. One of them was a student at my school and the other one was in middle school. Me and my wife are both educators. We ensured that our kids did what they were supposed to do. Okay. There's a whole nother group of people in my environment of my school, which is in a low socioeconomic situation, that don't didn't have that at home, mm. right? And so they went through a long period of time where we'll have go. I'm going into Zoom rooms instead of walking into classrooms right, right. as I'm observing instruction, mm. and I see no cameras on, mm. right? I see I see a name on the screen, but I don't know if that person is there. Okay, I don't know if that person is is. Many of them didn't even log on at all. Okay. Right? And so that first wave of the virus was was devastating to the youth. Okay. Right. It took away their social interaction. Mm-hmm. It took away they they many of them missed a whole year of school. Right. How did your teachers adjust? Well, the teachers had to adjust to teaching virtually. Right. Uh-huh. And teaching virtually is a whole new skill set. Mm. Right. And so we had to go through. So when the pandemic hit in March 2020, mm. we had to go through and that's the school year is almost over at that right. point. Right. We had to go through rounds of training people mm. to how to do that. Right. And so there were blackout periods where nothing happened because the teachers weren't prepared to teach that way. What do you mean blackout period? When Black, nothing blackout period meaning like no school at all. They were they were assignments that were being posted. Okay, but I have teachers that have never taught in that kind of arena before, okay. right? And so there had to be a whole training situation of how to train people how to do that. And so it went to the grading system. Went to if the kid shows up at all, just pass them, 
Wow. Right. And so, wow. and, and they went to a system where nobody could fail. Right. And so a lot that, of people. That was agreed upon by the LA Unified School District. That was agreed upon by the LA Unified School District. And right. Because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. Right. It's panic mode. Okay. We're not prepared. Right. Mm -hmm. And it takes, a, it was a whole preparation period of how to do that. And that went on March, April, May. School year's over, mm. right? And then, so that was a that how was a devastating time. How did the parents deal? I, I'm always wondering, in, in the how did the parents make the adjustment, and what was the complaint between the parents, the students, and the teachers? Well, that's uneven too, right? Okay, because now you're dealing with, as I mentioned, different people's home environment. Mm -hmm. You have people in situations where they have multiple kids at home, with one computer, they're all in the same room. Right. And so that that whole situation that was uneven where mm -hmm. my kid can go into his room and my other kid can go into okay. his room and they, they each have a laptop to use and mm -hmm. it was, they can have their own unique environment. A lot of people didn't have that. Right. So the parents didn't know how to deal with it either. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody knew how to deal with that because it was such a shock to the system. Did right. you make an adjustment at some point in time? Oh, of course we did. We had to adjust. How long down the line? Well, the adjustment started immediately. Okay. Right? We went to changing how our bell schedules were, okay. changing the structures of, of how long classes were, because now we're expecting people to sit in front of a computer all day long, mm -hmm. right? And so the adjustment for us happened immediately because we had to, mm -hmm. right? We were forced to adjust, mm -hmm. right? And then that whole next year was trying to figure out how to, to do it as efficiently as possible, also get students to the education that they could, right? Mm. And so, and that, and that they deserve, mm. right? And so that first wave was was really rough. Docs, any thoughts on, uh, you know, on that first wave and 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 then what you were seeing? At least, uh, and I want to, I want to, yeah, I don't want to relegate it to just the youth, but like, yeah. What's what's the question about? Being caught flat-footed? No, well, his was for how the students made the adjustment. I don't know if you had any kids coming to the, you know, yeah. well, uh, and you felt they were traumatized or just, yeah. I mean, in terms of how we had to respond to it, it was, like you said, it was unprecedented. So num I'll tell you number one thing was... Not, well, not yet, because I'm going to get to yours next. I'm, I want you to share that. I want I want you to hold that, because I feel something, something deep coming out that one. I don't want you to get that away yet. That's, that, okay. that, I feel like it's juicy. So okay. hold, on, hold on that one for a minute. So, But but before we get there, I, I want to just... I want to stay on the youth for a minute, because I think it's important. I was just, to be honest, like really pissed, because I felt... And, and where's my... I'm sorry. My executive producer, come over for a minute. I'm going to... So, so... Your age with the millennials and the Gen Z, I mean, they were having like coronavirus parties. Right? I mean, they just didn't believe that the virus worked, was broke out at all. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. You know, thank you very much for, for jumping in there. Solia, can you give a round of applause for our, 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 our uh, executive producer, Solia? For the, thank you very much for showing up. <laughs> uh, so, and yeah. Put you on, on this side. Uh, put, uh, put, she's here. Uh, just it, fill her in, uh, in spirit. Yeah, stay, I'm, stay, right, stay, I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> so, so let me be honest. So, what did you guys honestly? What did you guys honestly think when when it broke out? Um, honestly, we were. I mean, everybody was upset. Obviously. Okay. But, I mean, I had just turned twenty one in the middle of the pandemic, so you know, I was like, "That's not fair. Like, I can't go outside. I can't, you know, celebrate." Um, it was just really like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like, were you in denial? I mean, at first I was scared. I'm like, it's the end of the world, to be honest. When it first happened, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm we're, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Like, I'm moving to Mars. I don't know what's going on <laughs> over here. But right. 
I don't know. It was just a lot of different, like, shifting, to be honest, like, of emotions. You know? not, not to target y'all, but to target y'all. Oh. I, I, I just feel there's a period where you guys were in complete disbelief. Like, what was going on? Like, social media, no, nobody believed it. That oh, was a yeah. hoax. Yeah. Uh, but then these parties, these coronavirus parties. Talk to me about that. Okay, well, personally, I've never been to any of those. Okay, so I don't know you, much about sure. that. But I did hear about When I heard about that, I honestly thought it was a joke. But then I figured out that people actually... We're serious. Like, mm. there, it was actually coronavirus right, parties. Right, okay. But um, I don't know. I feel like on social media, there's a lot of conspiracies. You know, like, I feel like my generation is really, like, you know, the government is after us. Okay. Everyone's lying. It's all a lie. Like, you know, so. So immediately went to the government's lie. And that information spreads easily on social media, right? Right. right. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Especially. But, yeah. So how do you guys feel about that now? I mean, now. Now it's you, very different now. I mean, I feel we like outside no matter what. I don't know. I mean, it's like <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like there's still conspiracies, but they definitely died down a little bit. People don't talk about it as much. I feel like right now people just like act like everything is back to normal. Okay. In a way, but it's obviously not. I mean, like it's still weird. Like we still wear masks and stuff okay. where we go. So it's like kind of, I don't know. I feel like. We're just at the point where it's like, okay, we just got, we're here for a good time, not a long time. We Damn. just got to live our life. Oh, wow. But like, no, oh, okay. I don't mean that though. I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I mean, she said no, we're here I'm speaking, I'm for speaking, short time. No, what? I'm speaking okay. for my generation, what they say. It's not me. I don't say okay, that. Okay. Well, 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 thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, contribution to the cause there. Uh, let's give a round of applause for our executive oh. producer. Right? Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So uh, Dr. T, this is for you. I, I don't, I want to get back to that piece. With the misinformation coming from the Trump administration during that time, how did you use your CDC guidance and understanding of that, your medical training, to combat the fear among your patients? What misinformation? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, like, <laughs> uh, bleach, uh, sunlight. I mean, he was asking us to inject us. I mean, where you want to go with it, right? Ivermectin, right? I, right. I don't think I like your tone. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I chose no. violence this morning. Right? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, I mean, I don't know where to start on that. I, I So mm-hmm. there was some article I read and, you know, it was saying like there was like a 38% relationship between Trump and everything he said and the misinformation or what they call it, the infodemic. Right. And it's all these falsehoods about uh-huh. the, the, the pandemic. Uh, one of them was... Masks don't work, and and talk to us about that. That's a well. I think you said something like eighty-five percent of the people with the mask get infected, and (laughs) I think it was a misinterpretation of the of the data that was there, which is easy to see. But yet, I'll give you a a personal anecdote. My son and I. This is like last year. We went down to um, Rosemary Beach, right? Nice affluent area. Looks like Mayberry, right next to the the water. And, and we were the only two people with masks on. And when I tell you there was a stigma about mask wearing in Georgia, I can, mm-hmm. I can speak for the Southeast, right? right. That it, it, you're just too. ridiculous. You're, you're weak. You're, you're, you're fanning the flames of hysteria. You're wow. not, you know, thinking right and, and whatever. Um, the belief, and these weren't relegated to just uneducated people. Right. right? These are people... I had colleagues talking when we would have, so Chris and I would sit on this board, a med exec committee, right. and like, this is just like the common flu and it's gonna go away. And we're having now, people- Now, wait, wait, so are these are doctors sitting on that same board with you that believe that? That is correct, that, that this is early on. This is okay. at the start. And they're like, hey, okay. 
why do you think this is different than the common flu? Uh And I'm like, I just saw this guy who's got a a PO2 of 60, which Uh is just your your pulse ox, which is a a meter that tells you how much oxygen you have in your blood non-invasively. That's low. You know, you want it 100% ideally and anywhere over 95 is normal. Okay. These people were happy hypoxics. They were they were dying. So they're I mean, coming in like uh, 60, 50 percent oxygen levels. Yeah. And, and they're okay. they're looking like crap. We're intubating everybody. Okay. which We found out. And medicine is it's not infallible. You know right. what I'm saying? We, we learn things on the go. So when you don't give an answer, like I have no problems as a clinician telling people I don't know. OK. If I don't know it. Okay. And I'll tell you this. So you're not going to suggest sunlight, right? You're not going to suggest no, the no, body with that. a dark ray of sunlight. Right. Uh, okay. I just, right. Okay. But, but you know, there's more stuff we don't know than we do know. Right. And, and so when I would, you know, but when you see people and you're like, hey, I don't know how long this virus is going to be around. I don't know what this is, but I know you're sick and I know we need to intubate you. Now, that's an honest answer, right? That's an honest answer, right? It's an honest answer. But the Trump administration was, I mean, how do you feel? Because Dr. Fauci was clearly on there. Were you guys fighting that in the hospital? People coming in saying what? Yeah, so I'll tell you, a hospital is a business, right? Okay. We we practice medicine, but it's a business, right? Mm. It's a healthcare business. So- I'll say this, and I, I, I don't remember, or I don't know if uh, Dr. Uh, Watts recalls this, but we had a couple of docs that had masks on in the cafeteria before we stopped having visitors. And okay. there was concern that those masks would scare our customers, which are patients and their families. And so those, those doctors were like, hey, we have a right to protect ourselves. We're finding new information that this okay. can be transmitted through your eyes and sure. airborne and stuff like that. But there was there was a science which was on the opposite side of customer service, right? And I can go on about the divide between what real medicine is and what okay. people want. Okay. And they, they don't go in. You know, the respect for clinicians and physicians is at an all-time low. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, because number one, people think that they can look this up on Google right. and figure it out. Right. Yeah, you know. this is the this is the same misinformation is the reason why I had this podcast, right? Because I started doing the pandemic because the social media. Now I, I feel we have a, a a better highway of sharing information, but without it being regulated in some sense, misinformation is not thwarted in any kind of given way. When the pandemic broke out, I mean, I would think this is about life and death now. Like, you know, we, we shouldn't be fucking around with how the information is being shared at all. But yet you you hear, and the reason I'm asking you this about the administration, because I want to understand what was coming down, at least from the CDC to you guys and from the Trump administration in terms of how to share when it first broke out. Because what was really clear, Bob Woodard, which was the author that interviewed Trump, he clearly said that he told Trump and Trump told him he understood the severity of the virus, but he was downplaying it purposefully not to cause panic. So I want to understand how that translated over to when that information is communicated to, to you know, the medicine. Well, well that's it. I mean, okay. you know, his his speaker box, which is Fox News, right. was telling you, <laughs> right. you know, this is not is right. unlike the common cold. So that's downplaying the severity. Of it. OK. And, and the, the, the heavy thing is not if somebody who's watching that show or any other show believes that. But when you see it, you're in the mm-hmm. hospital, you see your patient, mm-hmm. you're shutting down OR, right. you're shutting down all types of ancillary services and stuff like that, because of the lethality of this, this virus, for you to still believe that it's 
like the common cold. Right. There's this, right. what is that, Reg? Cognitive dissonance? You, Cognitive yes. dissonance. Yeah. We just were talking about that. <laughs> what, what is that? Right. You know? Right. So right. What, the use of ivermectin and, and these trials that, you know, they weren't even completed. And he's like, you know, I used it. I did fun. Right. Well, right. you're the president. You know, number one, they're not going to take any chances with your help. Right. And, and and then just like Reg was talking about in the school system where you have certain kids that may not have Wi-Fi. Right. Right. They may not have a laptop, whatever. You have people in, in medicine who don't have access to to good health. They don't have a PCP. They don't have insurance. Right. You know, um, the food of their their mamas and their daddies and their, their grandparents is not the best food to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're like, you know, my, my grandmother made this. You going to tell me that it's not good for me? Yes. Right. That's exactly yeah. what I'm telling you. Exactly what right. I'm telling you. Right. You know, right. and then I'm a quack. Um, the, the, the thing about children are immune and that they don't get sick. Right. I just sent two kids to our regional children's hospital yesterday because they had, you know, asthma and they had COVID and their okay. stats were too low. Because and it exacerbates the issue, right? If you have existing, pre-existing conditions like asthma you know it's a right obesity was the number one thing that was causing people to have a lot of well there was a a commonality between obese patients and bad outcomes let's say that okay and i can speak for me in the southeast like when i fly to san diego i'm like is everybody eating kale and running every day (laughs) they they look a lot healthier than if you get off of marshfield jackson it's gonna be different Um, when you have um, you know fried chicken and the consistency of fried food right Right. um you know saying that people were hoarding ppe in the hospitals were almost like uh a good fellow, which is personal protective guy. equipment, right? PPE yeah, is personal, personal protective, yeah, protective, protective equipment. equipment. Okay, Dude, we, they were telling you to use an N95 mask for like a week and put it in a plastic bag. Wow, like, how is wow. that? Healthy? Wow, wow, so, wow. So, there was a lot that you had to undo, and I think the CDC didn't help itself because it's a moving target. So, you say, mm-hmm. okay, you got to quarantine for 10 days, then it's 14, then it's five, and then mm-hmm. no, don't worry about it, and whatever. There were going to be enough tests. There weren't, you right. know, and we had to rely on, you know, entrepreneurs and business persons. Yeah, it, took tr- it took Trump forever to introduce the Defense Production Production Act, which is an act uh, in the federal government that forces any manufacturer uh, to at first take care of America first before you send any of our goods, common goods anywhere else. Right. Because he was still downplaying the severity of the virus. Go ahead, brother. No. So. So. So that's it. So, I mean, and then. OK. Uh, downplaying Fauci. You know, right. I mean, this guy became a lightning rod for for attacks. And, they replaced and, and, him with a radiologist. I mean, are y'all serious? Right. Well, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. But the, the thing is, you know, and then, you know, after he got it, he says, I did fine. Right. Well, you're the president. Right. You know, it, it's kind of like saying, you know. Uh, uh, when Barack but they Obama, filled him, but they gave him all kind of therapeutics. Um, he had uh, multiple doses of multiple types of different types of vaccine. But he was saying earlier on that he had taken the ivermectin as a you know as a preventative, right? right. But, but he still got it. Ended up taking the other. It was just that that piece is why people don't you know. So I thank you, but this is going to lead into Doctor 
Watts. You know, Dr. Watt, Dr. Watts too, right? Because I, I think this is, I, I'm staying on, and I'm choosing violence, gentlemen, and I know it's not your fault per se, but, but I need you guys to be able to speak to this. I want to address the cognitive dissonance, which is, I think, the key point you made. It's the mental conflict that occurs when beliefs or assumptions are contradicted by new information. The unease or tension that conflict arouses in people is relieved by one of several defense mechanisms. They reject it. They explain it away. Or they avoid the new information, persuading themselves the conflict doesn't exist. And this, to me, is why we have now over a million people dead in America. 6.44 million people dead in the world from the COVID-19. Thank you, Dr. T. Dr. Watts, as an infectious disease specialist, why wasn't the U.S. better prepared to handle the COVID outbreak? We were one of the largest, most, you know, technologically advanced, um, you know, nations in the world. There was also some talk about this idea of gain of function. Uh, can you share a little bit about just what that is? Not, not too much information, but share with our audience, if you please, sir. So, so the, the biggest sort of issue, this has been looked at uh, quite a bit uh, regarding, you know, what was the response? Why was the response not um, as as robust as in some some other places, as you can, as you, you, your audience is probably well aware, there are many countries that handled it much better than we did. Agreed. And and so this has been looked at uh, time and time again. And and the biggest sort of take home, the big picture from a big picture standpoint, uh, the biggest problem was that there was no sort of clear and, and cogent, uh, cooperative, centralized. Uh, effort to uh, both make sure that the information is consistent, the response is appropriate in magnitude, in duration, and in specifics, and that there was not this sort of back and forth about who was right, who was wrong, and what what the appropriate thing to do. Um, Specifically speaking, there were a lot of missteps in both the local and the federal level that led to some of the deaths. Name Uh, one or two of those, because I think if, if, it's, if you speak to generalities, and, and yeah. I want to narrow it down to a couple specifics, because I, I'm going to ask you, are we prepared for, you know, any future outbreaks, right? You know, just hence the game so, of piece of it. Go ahead. Things. So the first and the biggest thing is to say, well, okay, well, what, what has happened in the past? How have we responded to these types of, of epidemics or outbreaks in the past? That's usually the approach that's taken in the infection prevention community. And what happened was in 2014, there was this Ebola outbreak. I don't know if y'all remember the Ebola. Very clear. As a result of the Ebola outbreak, there were some questions with regard to how that was managed. And Obama, in response to uh, those questions about how the Ebola uh, was was managed, uh, started this pandemic response team that's been all over the news. So it's a pandemic Mm -hmm. response team that was under a couple of more um, uh, uh, departments. And what happened is when Trump came in, uh, he had a general disdain for anything that was helpful, especially if that helpful thing was associated with the Obama administration. And okay. as a part of that, uh, those efforts, John Bolton uh, decided not to continue that response team. Now, this I remember is- they I remember they disbanded that team. I mean, right. well, so, so if, if you look at if you look at it closely, they will Fox News will go say, "Oh no, they didn't fire the people," and that's technically true. They didn't fire the people, but what they did was they disbanded the council that was right. above the response team. Mm. There were a few people that were held on, so we have to be specific because if you say, "Okay, well, they fired the people," and they look up Snopes or whatever, say, "Well, that's not entirely fact." The fact. Well, is, I say fired. I said disbanded. I mean, they kept their job. They're no longer being on that council, but, right? What's floating around the internet is he fired. Oh, the that, okay. I'm just, okay. I'm just making sure because the, okay. the biggest problem is there's no truth. 
There's no truth. There's no accuracy. So I'm trying to be as specific as possible. Okay. No, please. What is, what is These up, are alternative facts. Right. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So what is happening that exists. That's a, that's a thing, right? That's the thing. That's alternative right. Fact. That's, okay. that's it. And so uh, John Bolton, um, who's the National Security Advisor, decided that he didn't want to go forth with that uh-huh. specific counsel. And as a result, that team was completely uh, disbanded or was not renewed was the technical term. Okay. The leader who was a forward admiral went on to a different position and there were a couple of people in that on that response team. We're talking about a massive department. I'm not talking about right. five guys, right. but a massive right. department that were responsible for responding to and had a coordinated network of people throughout the country, including pharmacies, including healthcare professionals, okay. CDC, labs that coordinate both the diagnosis, treatment, and messaging for any outbreak. So this wasn't a small little group of folks. And, and as a result of, of the okay. Trump administration, and when it was brought to him, say, okay, well, this is something, do you want to do something different? He said, no. Okay. So that's the reality of it. The reality of it that we had a forebearer that was the Ebola outbreak. Okay. And was responded to not only very, very effectively by the previous administration, but also uh, instituted a, a, a team of folks that were responsible for doing this at a much higher level and even talked about the sure. fact that there were up, uh, upcoming epidemics. If you're, so if you're, what I hear is that we were prepared and then we weren't. Right. Exactly. And, and it wasn't just it was in, intentional de-preparedness. OK. Wow. At a national wow. developmental uh, uh, centralized way. Okay. So that wasn't the only Just because he didn't want to have any of his predecessors successes carried on into his administration. I just want to make sure I get that clear. Trump Trump didn't want any Obama era things carrying on. So he couldn't give him any credibility for that success. That's right. And you think this attributed, I want to make sure I narrow it down to why we had a very poor response to our COVID outbreak, especially when we have third world countries that are superseding us and their ability right. to handle this. Right. Right. It, it, right. So this is not just okay. his opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a national consensus among the healthcare, the infection prevention and outbreak prevention community. OK. And this was a key part of protections for us. So it's, it'd be like having no nuclear war protections is basically what it did. And, and from, so and from, we were scrambling for paper towels and toilet tissue and all the other shit. If, if the all this was coordinated. This team were still in place, the defense production act, any of those things where our, our common goods we are, are out of would have right. been okay. This was, this was well-coordinated. This was well-coordinated. Uh, and so after that, so the, the, the lack of a coordinating cogent structure was, was sort of the biggest thing that people point to. Okay. Uh, and then even after you started to develop that, even after the CDC said, oh, okay, well, you know, we don't have this now, but let's sort of see if we can take the lead. And other groups started trying to take the lead. What happened was when there was a supplier that was not particularly favorable by the national GOP, let's just say. Okay. Uh, what ended up happening was that modality of treatment was not pursued. I'll give you an example. Earlier on, hmm. there were N95 masks that were being developed and created by a company. And that company was in competition with another company who was well okay. behind them. Okay. So instead of advocating for the position that says, we're going to get the mass out as quickly as possible, we're going to yep. say, well, we need what the message that was heard from our government was, we need more time to determine if masks are the most appropriate intervention. That is just one example 
of the kind so, of so 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 help me help me understand this. Help me understand this, and then this is I think for our audience to be very clear on right the distinction between the federal government, or if there is a distinction in federal government, and how the CDC then shares information with the general public regarding health issues, right? Is there a distinction or is there a guidance and a hierarchy in which information can be shared? For at a, a moment, I absolutely felt information from the CDC was being muzzled. It was, it was. In fact, there were communications, it, it, this was not anything that was hidden. So Trump and other folks- Well, it's hidden from us. I mean, not everybody knows. I just happen to read a lot, so, right? They would say- right. We can't believe them because Fauci or the CDC had uh-huh. contradicted themselves, not realizing that it wasn't a contradiction. It is an evolution in our understanding of what was okay. happening. OK, OK. And, sh- and Fauci shared this a lot during his. But if you watch some of the presidential, um, you know, presentations that he gave, you can tell contentious moments when he would get up and contradict Trump right in, right in the middle of the press conference. Right. right? But. Trump was why, doing but, but, but why is the CDC only using the, the presidential press conference to share medical information? It's part of where my concern well, comes in. Like, why don't you have? Why don't you guys have your own platform, independent it's the federal government? So the CDC is okay. Government okay. So, so they're under okay. the, they're beholden okay. to uh, the, the the federal government. But that being said, they have their own outlets, and that information was being shared with the medical community. So with the information that was being distributed to the medical community was consistent with what the data was at that time. It okay. was very, okay, we're going to make sure we do everything to protect folks, and then we will scale back. It's mass, it's N95, it's airborne. Right. These are okay. very extreme steps until we know more. But then when you turn on the, the media, with the news, which is a bigger bullhorn than okay. an email or okay. a meeting I can get, we okay. actually had conversations okay. with, the, with the physicians at Wuhan that were the, some of the first people to okay. ever Open. Say that one more time and, and explain to the, our audience why that's a critical piece and this reason why I really had you on, right? Because I, so, I think that, yeah, that piece, because so, this, so this is where the virus originates and I think our audience needs to hear this from you. Right. So as far as we know, there were, the, the initial outbreaks was in, was in a place called Wuhan, Wuhan China. And, and those physicians in that country were very serious about analyzing what had happened. So these people would literally work 24, sometimes 20 hours a day trying to get a handle on it. And we were a part of a group that was allowed to uh, have access to those folks, ask them questions, talk about what the patients they have now, what interventions they did that work, what interventions. They did. This, is the, this is when nobody knew anything about COVID. Right. And so I say all that. That's not gain of function research, is it? No, no. I, okay. <laughs> So I say okay. that to say that okay. the information was there. There was okay. a consistent idea from the medical community internationally about okay. the prudent steps. But that that, that clear and, and, and effective message was not conveyed in this country as opposed to it, what happened in places like uh, Australia, places okay. like UK, places okay. like Canada that saw much, much better results than what we did. So what mm-hmm. is the difference? Their, their people are not, their immune system is no different. The difference between right. the medical the preparedness and what 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 then happened in the aftermath. So mm. I think that the, the lack of, of of clear leadership that le, le, leaned were kind of leaning on the medical community was, was sort of the biggest misstep in in my opinion. And I think that's a, a fairly well uh, consensus statement uh, in the uh, infection prevention community. Yeah. So I, the reason why I and I'm pressing gain of function again because there's so much in the media is that this is how the virus got out by us experimenting and doing things we weren't supposed to do with these virulent strains. That that is how it got out. Can you address that? Absolutely. Um, and and so in order to vo- avoid any misinformation, I got to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, the the situation, the reality is that there were. Um, 
joint U.S. Asian research labs in the area that was close to where the outbreak, outbreak kind of spread that those research labs had coronaviruses as, as, as research topics. Okay. Now that being said, you have to understand there's tons of coronaviruses, right? Right, right. right. The type of coronavirus, that's like right. saying, well, I work on fours. Well, then right. that, that, that escort must have came from your house, not right. that. <laughs> right, right. So I, I say that to say that um, whether or not, I, I can't sit here and tell you that our government or another government wouldn't be nefarious enough to do something that would be a pandemic. I, I'm just. Well, I, I'm not saying necessarily nefarious, but. Was it an accident? We back. Yes. So first time uh, launching my brand new podcast. Amazing experience. Beautiful setting. Uh, more out of the dark ages. It was during the pandemic when I started the podcast. Uh, and, you know, people were inside and wasn't a good space. But it was really important for me to get information out. So to actually find a space where I can kind of rebrand and kind of reshare has been completely amazing. The guests were solid. Uh, we had good discussion. Um, and I think my woke folk, you're going to really like this. Subscribe. Comment, like, follow, stay woke podcast at stay woke at s woke, all those things. Thank you. Holla. <laughs>